0: Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week uh, we had a combined worship service at 10 a.m. and we were out in the field last week, probably better last week uh, than it would be this week. Uh, God, was, God was good to us and uh, we enjoyed a, a worship outside and when we did, we began our our 2018 fall ministry kickoff series entitled "Joining Jesus." Now, this is a four-week uh, sermon and Bible study series, and over the course of these four weeks, we will go from uh, last week, kind of uh, what it looks like in, in the beginning of a relationship with Jesus, and we'll move into kind of deeper levels in this relationship with Jesus, and we'll see. What does it mean for us, if we have a relationship with Jesus, for us to follow him with our entire lives? And in order to do this, last week we began by asking the question, who is Jesus? And we answered it like Peter does. Peter, when Jesus said, who do people say that I am? Peter said, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so too, as Christians, that's how we answer it. We believe that Jesus is the one who has promised from all eternity to be our Savior, the living God. So today, now knowing who Jesus is, we'll ask another question. And the question is, what's a disciple and am I one? What's a disciple and am I one? As I said in my sermon last week, this uh, this is a discipleship sermon series. But that word disciple or, or discipleship, that's, that's one of those church words that you really only hear if you step foot in a church or if you open up the Bible in the New Testament, you'll see that word disciple many, many times. Otherwise, we don't really use that word a lot in our common language. So let me just define it for you. A disciple is someone who is learning. A disciple is someone who is learning. That's what the word means. A, a disciple is essentially a student a student who has a teacher, and the student follows the teacher, but it is, in, a, in a discipling relationship. The disciple—it's not just about head knowledge. To be a disciple of Jesus is not just about knowing who He is with your head. It's also an issue of the hands, how you serve, what you do with your hands, life transformation. But not just your head, not just your hands, but also your heart. What is it that you believe? What is it that breaks your heart about this world? Being a disciple of Jesus Christ affects your heart, or it ought to, your head, your heart, your hands, and eventually even your habits. So that your entire life, everything that you do, everything you think about, everything that you say is wrapped up in this idea of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so today we ask the question, What's a disciple and am I one? I just told you what a disciple is. It's someone who is learning. So, are you a disciple of Jesus? Well, let's open up the scriptures and find out what Jesus has to say. Today in the gospel lesson from John chapter 8, Jesus said this to his disciples. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. That's pretty plain and simple words from Jesus. If you abide in my word, if you live in my word, if my word is what you're wrapped up into, you're truly my disciples. So, another way to say this is, do you believe in Jesus the Christ for your salvation? If you can say yes to that question, if you say yes, I believe in Jesus Christ, then ultimately you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. You should consider yourself a disciple, learning from him. But how does this work and what does this then drive us into in this kind of relationship with Jesus? I want to break down the rest of this sermon into three parts. One sentence, but three parts. Through faith, you are free to follow Jesus. Now in the scriptures for today, all three of them bring us to this realization. And we'll we'll open up all of them real quick. But through faith, you are free to follow Jesus. I want to look at this in three parts. So first, just that first one, through faith. Through faith. I want to tell you clearly today, it is only through faith in Jesus Christ that you are made right with God. Okay? It is only by believing in Jesus Christ that you are made right with him. You cannot and you will not get right with God by what you do. Let me say that again clearly, okay? You cannot and you will not get right with God by what you do. You can only get right with God through faith in Jesus Christ. In all three of the lessons today from Genesis, from Galatians, from John, there's this one character, did you did you pick up on it? One name that popped up in all three. It's the name of this guy Abraham. All right? Abraham. At the time of Jesus, the Jews, um, they, they held on firmly to the fact that they were heirs of Abraham, okay? They were heirs of Abraham, and so they, they, they sort of thought that they had, like, an insurance policy for their salvation because of their lineage, because of their heritage. They didn't really think it mattered what they believed so long as they had that heritage, of being heirs of Abraham. Now, where did they get this idea? If you go back to that Old Testament lesson from the book of Genesis, Abraham was one of the very first people that God called, and God made a promise to Abraham, and he said, Abraham, I'm going to work through you and through your family, and through you and your family, the, the world will be blessed. Look up at the stars, and I'm going I'm to number your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, right? And, and through you, all nations will be blessed right? And and so the the Jews had this idea, and they said, all right, well, we're of this lineage of Abraham, therefore we are good. Well, Jesus and also Paul in the book of Galatians, Paul makes clear to them, and he says, you know what? It wasn't Abraham's good deeds that, that made him right with God. It actually was the fact that he believed in God's promise, that he was counted as righteous, Okay, you can look that up. It's, it's at the end of that reading from Genesis. Even in the book of Genesis, it says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteous. So Abraham is, throughout the scriptures, is this man of faith. This man who believed in God's promise and Abraham didn't always follow perfectly, yet his faith is what counted him as being right with God. So Jesus says the same thing to you. It is not because of what you do or leave undone that makes you right with him. It is only through faith in Jesus Christ. Through faith in knowing that he is the one who died for you. He rose for you. He rescued you. This is the truth. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we are free. And that's the second point. Through faith, you are free. You're free. You're free. Jesus says clearly in John chapter 8, we'll finish the sentence, I put up half of it before, but he says this, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. I already read that part. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You'll know the truth about who I am and what I'm doing for you, that salvation is yours, and you will be free. But those Jews who heard this word of Jesus said to him, this was the gospel, and they said, what do you mean free free? What do you mean slaves? We're, we're heirs of Abraham. We're, we've never been slaves to anybody. We're free already. What do you want from us, right? And maybe as, as 21st century Americans, you might think the same thing, right? This is the land of the free. What do you mean, Jesus? I'm not a slave to anything. I can make my own. I can, I can dream. It's the American dream. I can do whatever I want, right? What do you mean I'm a, I'm a slave and I need to be free, Jesus had to remind them, and what did he say? If you commit a sin, you are a slave to sin. If you commit a sin, you are a slave to sin. Raise your hand if you're not a sinner. All right, good, good. You're you're either paying attention or or you're not, but uh, you all answered that right, right? If you are a sinner, if you commit a sin, you are a slave to sin. And what does a relationship look like between a slave and the master? The slave can't do anything. The slave has to do what the master says, so if you commit a sin, sin has mastery over you. And if you try to break yourself free of, of, a, of, a, of, of that slavery, what does the master do? He tightens the reins even more firmly upon you, right? Yet if we believe the truth that Jesus came in order to break those chains of our slavery to sin and set us free, then we are free. This is what Jesus says. If you believe in me, you are free, and you are free indeed. So when Jesus says you are free, what is it that he's setting you free from? You're free from the punishment of sin. You know your sin. You know the thoughts. You know the things you do with your hands. You know the things that you do and think and say in secret and in the dark that you don't want anybody to know or anybody to see. The things that you hide and try to bury, you know. You know. Jesus says, I set you free. I forgive you of that. Yes, that I forgive you. You are free. And not only are you free and forgiven, you are free of the guilt of even thinking about those things. You are also free of the anxiety of worrying about whether or not you've done enough to earn my favor. Jesus says, you are free, and if I say you're free, you're free indeed. You're free of your sin. You're free of the threats of sin. You're free of of the guilt of sin. You're free of the anxiety of sin. You're free. Do you hear it? If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. You are truly disciples of Jesus Christ. So you are free. You are free. But you're not free to do whatever you want. You are free to follow Jesus. Through faith, you are free to follow Jesus. You're free to follow Jesus. Think about it like this. If you were in jail, rightfully so, I don't know if you've ever thought about what you would do just for fun in order to get thrown in jail, is that a bad thought? See, see, I so I don't know what I don't know why you're rightfully in jail, but you're rightfully in jail. All right, you're not innocently in jail; you're rightfully in jail. I don't know what you did, but you're there. Imagine you're in prison, and someone came to your cell and said to you, "You're free." They open, the, they open up the cell. You're free. I paid I paid your fines. I I took care of the sentencing. And I'm I'm taking it myself. You're free. Can I buy you lunch? That's what the person offers. Can I buy you lunch? Would you think that you would go follow that person to lunch? I would, right? If, if you truly believe that this isn't some sort of scam, like if you actually believe that what's happening is true, I think you would follow that person to lunch, and you might even, you might even follow them other places too, right, if this is good for you. And this is the case for you and for me. Through faith, through believing that what Jesus did on the cross is true, through faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus, you are free to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus. And so, what are you free to do? You're free to follow Him. You're free to follow Him. The freedom of Jesus does not lead us to a place of selfish gluttony where we get to do whatever we want. The freedom of Jesus allows us to follow Him, not out of fear not out of guilt, not because he's persuaded us to follow him. We follow him with joy, knowing that when we follow him, good things are given to us, and we receive more and more of what he gives. Through faith, you are free to follow Jesus. Next week, when we gather back together, we're going to talk more specifically about what this following looks like and our theme next week will be my life is God's what does he expect of me so we're moving in this progression from who is Jesus okay I believe that in order to be a disciple and to know that I am a disciple of Jesus so if that's the case if I'm going to follow Him my whole life then what does he expect of me? And that will be more of what we talk about next week and even the week after that. So I pray that you join us next week as we go deeper and deeper into this relationship with Jesus. Just a quick word of reminder, uh, there are over 100 of you meeting in small groups and 10 or 11 small groups in homes throughout the week to study uh, these themes and these topics even at a, at a deeper level. And I want to thank, thank you, those of you who are in those groups. If you're not in a small group, but you want to have uh, the opportunity to continue to think on these things throughout the week, uh, we have a website where resources are available further small group uh, studies, topics, um, and videos, and that could be fitting for you or your spouse or a group of friends or neighbors uh, to gather together and to look at these things and to study them even further. So i pray that you would do that uh, as well. As we wrap up today, uh, would you please just just join me in a word of prayer as we uh, conclude this message. Let's pray. Most gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for your death, for your resurrection, that you came into this world, the promised one from the very beginning, to rescue us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. We thank you that you are the Christ, the living one, and that you have come by your spirit to call us into this relationship with you, uh, well, Lord, we thank you for making us your disciples. We believe in you. And I pray that we would not just believe you with our, with our heads, but that we would demonstrate that, that love and that believing with our hands, with our hearts, with our habits, that we would be holistic disciples of yours. Lord, I pray that you would be with my friends here as we gather together for worship, that we would not worry about our sin, that we would know that we are free people, that you have set us free from the bondage of sin and set us free to have a new life with you now and forever. Go with us. Bless us in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you please?